Thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Church Podcast. Here at Velocity, we love to hear about how lives are changed. And if that's you, let us know and send us an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now enjoy today's message. We've been in a series called Good News, Great Joy for the last few weeks. I hope you've gotten some stuff out of this. We've been looking at these different angelic encounters that people had in Scripture. And each encounter, what you see is this angel shows up, gives this person or these people a message, and at the core of the message is this idea of good news and great joy. Now, what's ironic about each instance is that the recipients of these messages wouldn't have heard the message that way. They would have heard the message as an inconvenience. They would have heard the message as problematic. They would have heard the message as a hardship. We started by looking at the shepherds the first week, these people who were deemed too bad for God to use. And what we learned from them is that joy can come from unexpected places. You gotta get the right perspective. And then last week we had an amazing message by my wife as we looked at Mary's story. And we learned from Mary how to move toward what God is calling us to do. Well, today I wanna look at one more angelic encounter in the book of Matthew. And what we're gonna see in this story is an angel appear to Joseph in a dream. Now, Joseph doesn't get a lot of credit in the Christmas story. Can we be real? I mean, most of the time when you think about the Christmas story, you think about Mary, you think about the shepherds, you think about the wise men, of course, you think about baby Jesus, you might even think about the animals. But a lot of us don't think about Joseph, but Joseph was the one that had to accept something from God that he didn't fully understand. Have you ever been there? God shows up in your life, he's trying to do something in your life and you don't even understand the full scope of it and that's Joseph. And within this passage is something God has used to really help me and honestly, as I was preparing this, I think this is something God has taught me this year. I've been reflecting on all the things that have happened this year I, I do this every year, I, I, I journal, I reflect, I ask God, God, what are the things that you've been doing in my life this year, things you've been showing me? What I'm gonna share with you today is probably the greatest thing God has showed me this year. And I realize that's a lot of hype, I hope I don't let you down with this message, but um, I believe it's gonna help you the same way that it's helped me. It's found in Matthew chapter one, verse 18, is where we're gonna take a look. And it says, now the birth of Jesus the Messiah happened in this way. When his mother Mary was engaged to Joseph before they lived together, she was discovered to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to disgrace her, decided to divorce her secretly. After he had thought about it, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, he said, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he is the one who will save his people from their sins. Now all this happened to fulfill what was declared by the Lord through the prophet when he said, see, a virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph got up from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and took Mary as his wife. I wanna read that 
very first verse one more time, because that's what stuck out to me here. It says, now the birth of Jesus the Messiah happened in this way. And I'm calling this message today, if you're taking notes, it had to be this way. It had to be this way. Have you ever said that before? You ever said it to your boyfriend when you broke up with him over text? It had to be this way. That's mean, by the way. Well, it's a little pro tip. If you are single, you got a boyfriend, when you're doing Christmas pictures, just put your boyfriend on the outside of the picture. If it doesn't work out, you can just cut him out, keep the photo. I'm just here to bless your life, just trying to help you with things. It's true. Make a difference. Hey, let's pray. We better get into God's word. I know I need his help. And uh, I believe you need his help today. So let's bow our heads and go to God in prayer. God, we thank you so much for your word today. And we thank you, Father, that every time we open up your word, you speak. God, I'm asking you to do it again. Lord, Lord, I'm thankful for what we can learn from this story, how you came into the world for 2,000 years ago. You, you changed the course of history. And God, I believe you want to change somebody's destiny today as we... Look at what this would say to us, God. Use me today. Anoint my words. Let it be your word that goes forth. I thank you for it. And everybody who agrees with that can say in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, how many of you have ever had to learn something the hard way? You ever had to learn something the hard way? If your husband isn't raising his hand, you can go ahead and lift his hand up for him. We don't want any liars in church. Had to learn some things the, the hard way. I, I, I think we all have. I know, I know I have. Maybe for you, you know, you thought that thing you bought on late night television was actually gonna make it so you didn't have to go to the gym. But there are some things that can only be developed through difficulty. That's what I'm trying to tell you. There are some things you have to learn the hard way. I'm speaking from experience here. Um, there are some things that, that I've learned the hard way. For, for example, uh, I am not the kind of guy that you wanna invite to help you remodel your house. This is not gonna happen. I, I mean, I've, I've tried it before. I, I tried one time to redo these floors. It was a bad idea. I, I watched the video on YouTube. I, I bought all the supplies and materials. I rented the equipment and it did not go well for me. There are a lot of things I will do for you, but I will not help you with these hands if it involves manual labor. I'm just not going to. I will pray for you. I will preach for you. I will give you money to get it done, but I am not gonna do it. So I'm, I'm just saying, there's some things we gotta learn the hard way. And uh, you know, I'm not proud of that. I'd much rather learn from the experience of others than to go through the pain of hardship myself. But what I'm trying to tell you is that hardship is a great teacher. Hardship is a great teacher. There, there are some things where it takes the pain of embarrassment and the pain of experience to help you realize that there's gotta be a better way. I don't wanna keep going through this again. And I bring that up because as we celebrate the Christmas season, we, we celebrate the fact that hope has come. And we celebrate the person by whom through hope came. And we celebrate all of that, but sometimes I think we forget how it came, how it came. Let me read this again, verse 18. It says, now the birth of Jesus the Messiah happened in this way. When you think about it, that way was not an easy way. That way was a hard way. 
Now, we kind of leave that out of our nativity. By the time we get that all set up, everything looks great. But I think it had to be hard for Joseph to believe that this girl that he was betrothed to marry, that he was engaged to, that she's pregnant with God's baby. I mean, forget trying to figure out how that's even possible. Just take, for instance, the fact that God has not been on the scene moving and speaking for 400 years. I bring that up because sometimes I think we read the Bible like miracles are commonplace because we read the Bible and it's full of miracles and we just think, well, everybody kind of expected that supernatural things were gonna happen. That's not the case. A miracle by definition means that this is not common, that this is something miraculous, that it's something special, but especially in this moment because there's no miracles happening for 400 years. It's older than the history of the United States, that there's, nobody is hearing from God. There are no angelic encounters. That God is not on the scene, that there's nothing supernatural. And yet Mary says, I'm pregnant with God's baby. Well, actually we really don't even know that she said it because the text says when it was discovered that Mary was pregnant. Like sometimes I kind of imagine that maybe this angel appeared to Mary and then she like told Joseph and they had this conversation. Maybe they did, I don't know, but it would seem that she just kind of kept it quiet, kept it to herself. And I don't think she was trying to hide it. I just think sometimes like what God is doing in your life, you don't have the vocabulary for. So some, sometimes you know that God is doing something inside of you, but you don't know how to express it to others. I, I don't really know what happened, but apparently Joseph discovers this and I think, Man, when they finally have this conversation, Mary could have said half a dozen different things and any of them would have been easier to believe than this, that I'm pregnant with God's baby. And I don't know what the interaction would have been like, but when Joseph gets this news, he's basically thinking, all right, there's two scenarios here. Either this girl is lying or she's crazy. Either way, this is not the direction that I want my life to go. So I don't know what he's thinking, what he's got on his mind, but what I do know is that by the time we get to this point, he's planning on bailing on the relationship. We see it in verse 19. It says, her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to disgrace her, decided to divorce her secretly. Now it's interesting to me that scripture would point out the fact that Joseph was a righteous man. Maybe that's not so surprising to you Maybe you would expect nothing less of the earthly parents that God chose for Jesus. But when I read this, again, I'm thinking about Joseph. And the reason it, struck, it stuck out to me, it struck me is, is because I'm thinking if I'm Joseph, this experience has happened and I'm thinking, I didn't do anything to deserve this. I didn't do anything wrong. I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me, but it seems like when I find myself in a situation that I never planned to be in, it's easier for me to handle it if I know that it was the result of my own dumb decision. Am I alone in that? Like, I'm not saying it makes it any more pleasant. I'm not saying that I'm okay with it. I'm not saying that I'm glad I'm here. I'm just saying I know how I got here, <laughs> I made a stupid decision. I thought I could remodel those floors on my own. I couldn't. Now I'm out a lot of money and time. Right? I, I made a dumb decision. I, I know how I got here. I didn't want to be here. 
it's not pleasant, but at least I know how I got here. But what I want you to see is Joseph's got to be feeling like he didn't do anything to deserve this. And yet, the reason he's in this situation isn't because he did something wrong, but because he did something right. And sometimes in your life, the reason you go through things isn't because of something wrong that you did. Sometimes the things you go through are directly related to the fact that you did something right. And you can't always know the reason. That's what I wanted to talk to you about today was the, the reason, the, the, the reason. You can't always know the reason. And that's difficult for me because I, I always wanna know the reason. Like, I, I feel like I'm really good at dealing with difficulty if I know the reason. Even like when I'm pastoring somebody and I'm calling them because they're going through a hardship and I call them because I wanna pray with them. Like I'm really tempted in that moment to try and give them a reason. And like when I was a rookie pastor, like before I became the sage of wisdom that I am before you today, <laughs> being sarcastic. You know, like early on, I'd call somebody and man, I would just try and give them like every little bit of Instagram wisdom that I could remember in that moment. You just wanna give people a reason, you know, well, God's gonna use this. And yeah, I believe that God can use it. But I just learned that sometimes we're trying to give and understand something too soon. You know, so, sometimes we're trying to make sense of things too soon. Th this is what I wanna say. There's some stuff that we experience that we try and label it before we've even lived through it. And this is what helped me because when Joseph had to be dealing with all these thoughts, why am I going through this? What are people gonna think? What does this mean for me? What am I gonna do now? How am I supposed to move forward? How am I gonna handle this? Why is this happening to me in the first place? What I noticed was the angel didn't give him a reason. He gave him something better, and maybe you missed it. I wanna read it to you. It's in verse 20. So it says, after he thought about it, he, he's trying to go through, God, why is this happening? He's going through all these reasons, trying to find the reason. After he thought about it, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. He didn't give him a reason why it happened. Instead, he gave him something so much better. He gave him reassurance, reassurance. See, I've realized at some point during my attempt to give people reasons in their struggle that you don't need a reason when you're in the middle of a challenge. What you need is reassurance that God's not gonna leave you alone. See, I, I bet for Joseph, he had to feel like his life was over when he got this news. Because from his perspective, like they were already marked doesn't matter what happens next, Mary is marked, she's pregnant. This wasn't just an inconvenient thing, like oh, it would've been nice if we could've made it official before this happened, now we're gonna get side eyes from everybody. No, it wasn't like that. 
Now, th this was a life-altering scenario. And from his perspective, if people think that he's the guy that got her pregnant or that she just got pregnant with some other guy, well, now, at this point, he's gonna find it hard to find a job. Nobody's gonna do business with him because everybody knows his business. If he decides that, all right, I'm gonna divorce her and we'll just move on, well, no other father is gonna give his daughter to him to be married. I mean, he's gonna find it for the rest of his life, how is he supposed to take care of himself, take care of his family, take care of his future? Like this had to be the lowest moment he had experienced yet. His dreams for the future were over. His hope for the future was over. But what I've found is that when you're down to nothing, God's usually up to something. Even if you can't feel it, even if you can't see it, even if you can't discern it with your natural senses, that's when God is often up to something in your life. And that's what Joseph discovered because the reassurance God gave him in a promise pointed him to a different purpose, a greater purpose. You see it in verse 21. It says, she will give birth to a son and you're to name him Jesus because he's the one who will save his people from their sins. You see, once Joseph stopped trying to focus on the reason, he got something so much better. He got a revelation. A revelation. And a revelation is so much better than a reason. Those of you who come to church here regularly, you know that we have four kids. And uh, the reason I keep them around is because they're great sermon material. That is the only thing they add to my life at this point. But my, my middle child, who will remain nameless, nameless, I don't want to embarrass him, but I will tell you his initials, it's Oliver. Uh, he's, he's, he's my middle child, he's seven, he's turning eight in just a little bit. So he's being visited by demons of middle child, eight-year-oldness. And I know this because when I was in a conversation with him the other day, I was talking to him and I asked him to do something for me. He looked at me and said, not until you tell me the reason. And I know like you, like you're a very loving parent. You don't lose your cool in front of your kids. I get all that. So don't judge me when I tell you this. But in that moment, the love of God did not come over me. In that moment, the spirit of Darth Vader came on me. And I said, boy, I am your father. You don't need a revelation. You don't need a reason. You need a revelation of who I am. But can I just tell you, in the situations in your life, you don't need a reason. You, you don't need a reason. What you need is a revelation of who called you, who chose you, who spoke to you, who is speaking to you. You need a revelation of who God is. That's what this story shows us. You, you need a revelation that you serve a God, Emmanuel, who is God with us. He's with you in the trial, in the struggle, in the pain, in the challenge. You, you need a revelation that God was born of a virgin because he specializes in impossible situations. 
You, you need a revelation that in the chaos of Christmas, he calls himself the Prince of Peace. You, you need a revelation that he came to save. He is a rescuing God. You need a revelation of who God is. We're, we're all gonna go through things that we don't have a reason for. But can I tell you, what you need isn't a reason. What you need is a revelation because a revelation is so much more powerful. If you always live life needing a reason, your faith is only gonna take you so far. If you always live life needing a reason, you're always gonna stop short of what God is calling you to do. If you always live life where you think you need a reason before you can embrace what God is asking of you, you are all, you're never gonna see the impossibilities that God wants to work in your life. See, God's purpose is always different than your plans. And we find out why in this next verse, in verse 22, it says, now all this happened to fulfill what was declared by the Lord. In other words, it might not have been what you would have chosen, but it had to happen this way so that God's word could be fulfilled. Or, or maybe a better word would be realized. It had to happen. It had to be this way so that God's word could be realized in your life. See, there are some things you will not understand about God and some things you will not understand about the word of God until you have to live it. I mean, think about the way God chose to come into the world. It should show us something about the nature of the way he works because if we try and sanitize this story we lose its significance. When God decided to come into the world, he didn't just pick a person. He didn't just pick Mary. He chose a virgin. In other words, he, he chose impossibility. He chose something that represented that he is a God who specializes in impossible situations. And it's not just like how he came. I mean, think about this. When God decided to come into the world, like he didn't even make hotel reservations. Like what do you think if you were God, like you'd at least Airbnb it or something. But he doesn't do that. Because see, when we think God's about to do something in our life, we think that means it's gonna be easy. Like if God's gonna do something, if God's hand is on it, then obviously it's blessed, right? Hashtag blessed. It's going to be easy. But it's not. Quick history of the Bible would show you that God likes to do things the hard way. It's his preferred method of carrying out his purpose. So don't think it's weird if in your life right now, things are hard. Don't think it's weird if things are hard and you haven't done anything wrong had to be this way. I don't want to go through the whole Bible, but let's just look at Moses for a minute. I know some of you are like, I thought this was a Christmas message. It is a Christmas message. You know, there's a Christmas scripture that says that my son I've called out of Egypt. So we're going to go to Egypt for a minute, talk about Egypt. But think about Moses. When God showed up to Moses, 
He said, hey, I want you to go to Pharaoh, who's the most powerful man in the world, and I want you to tell him to let my people go. And when you do that, he's going to say no. Now, why would God give him an instruction and then tell him in the very next breath, oh, by the way, it's not going to work? It had to be this way. It, it had to be hard because otherwise, like, I mean, if, if Moses just goes up to Pharaoh and says, let my people go, and Pharaoh's like, okay. I mean, Moses is going to, like, dab on his way out thinking that he's <laughs> the one that's making it happen. I had something to do with this. It had to be hard. It had to be that way. Otherwise, God wouldn't get the glory. God likes to come into hard situations. And when you realize that, you understand it had to be this way. He came in weakness so that you would know in your weakness he's strong. It had to be this way. We don't know the reason, but it had to be this way so that God's word could be fulfilled in your life. It, it had to be this way so that his presence could be realized even when you don't understand the reason. It had to be this way. And if you can see that, then you can know how to respond. How to, how to respond. See, the moment after jo Joseph awakes from this encounter, you have to imagine the pendulum swing of emotions that was going on inside of him. Because on one hand, he's had this angelic encounter. God has spoke to him. Not only has God spoke to him, God has chosen him to participate in the greatest thing that God will ever do in the history of humanity. At the same time, he's gotta be thinking, what does this mean for me? What is this gonna cost me? What are people gonna think about this? What are they gonna say about this? And I can promise you, if you are a follower of Jesus, that at different points in your life, you're gonna be confronted with opportunities to either obey God or do something easier to avoid hardship. But Joseph demonstrates something that's so important for you and I to grab hold of today, that extraordinary acts of God often start with just an ordinary act of obedience. Look at, look at this. I want you to see his response. It says, he got up from his sleep, as did the angel of the Lord had commanded him, as the, as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife. He didn't say something, but he did something. With all the questions, despite all the reasons why he shouldn't, despite all the lack of reasons why this is happening to him, in spite of all of that, the unknowns and the doubts, he was obedient to God's plan. And often, without even meaning to, we can let the unknowns in our life keep us from responding to God's purpose. And what's crazy is if you get into this, into the mind of Joseph, the angel didn't even give them any details beyond this. Like a lot of times we want some details. 
Anybody a detail person? I want some details. How is this gonna happen? No, the only thing the angel says is that he's gonna save his people from their sins. They're gonna call his name Jesus. Nothing beyond that, not how to take care of him, no copy of what to expect when you're divinely expecting. Didn't get any of that. Didn't know any details. But Joseph demonstrates that you don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. What matters is our response. And that's what's so encouraging to me. Because I believe from this message, some of you are gonna take a step of a simple act of obedience and you have no idea what's on the other side of that. Through just a simple act of obedience, what God wants to bring forth into your life. You know, some of you, you're gonna invite some people to come with you to Christmas Eve and you have no idea what that simple act of obedience could do to change someone's destiny, to change generations, to change family trees. Some, some of you, God's moving on your heart to be part of a team, get involved, and you have no idea what that simple act of obedience could do for the person that you serve, for the difference you're gonna make in somebody else's life. I got a report this week, uh, somebody shared with our uh, team member just what God is doing in their life through this church and they started coming recently and uh, had some different pains, relationships and just God is transforming them on the inside. And they said, how did you, how did you hear about Velocity? How did, you, how, how did you start coming? She said, well, just kept showing up on my Instagram feed. Just kept showing up on my social media. It was just a simple act of obedience, like sharing something and liking something. You think that's small, but just your simple act of obedience could change somebody's life. Simple act of obedience. God is moving on you to give a sacrificial gift and it seems crazy and you don't understand the reason and all of that. And you don't know what's on the other side of that. Simple act of obedience. You're gonna learn to trust God. God's gonna open up some things in your life that couldn't happen otherwise. Think about this. The savior of the world was born when two teenage kids said yes to God. 